The following program is being brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. human mind, body, emotions, and spirit are more powerful than anyone can imagine, and we will learn to utilize each of them to the maximum and learn to make decisions about what we want and how we want to feel. What a concept, and one we will explore today on the Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. On our program, we'll address who you are, why you're here on this planet, how to go within, how to come to know what you believe, and why. Now, here's your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon broadcasting from sunny Arizona. And when I say sunny, I mean sunny. We're into three digits now, so we're in for the big warm-up for the summer and probably won't... Well, we may see double digits this weekend, but that's probably the end of it. Um, so, you know, it's going to be interesting. Uh, so, so stay tuned for more on that one. This week on the Self-Improvement Blog, we have articles about everything from passive-aggressive behavior to beauty. Interesting combination of things. If you go there today, you're going to find a featured article, which is a quite, which is really delightful piece. I, I'm getting my tongue all tangled up here. The piece is called The World is Going to the Dogs by Wayne Kell. It's fitting for today's topic, which is about dog training. But it's a lovely article. I think you'd enjoy it. It's more fun than informational. More importantly, you can find the review of the book Lipstick and the Leash by today's guest, Camilla Gray Nelson, as well as her picture and bio. Go to um, the self-improvement-blog dot com to see that if you haven't seen it already if you haven't visited the blog lately it's kind of a fun place to go so you know take a look and um, see what you think yesterday on ABC's evening news they reported a study done by a done on a dog using an MRI to observe his brain reaction to positive and negative stimuli. The owner had worked with the dog over a period of time teaching him how to be still enough for the procedure and I think that alone is impressive. Um, What they learned is that dogs have a greater capacity for learning language especially sign language and they have a great capacity for love, greater capacity for language and love than they even um, thought of. And they, they demonstrated some of the things that dogs can do. And, and some of you have seen dogs on shows like America's Got Talent, dogs that just did amazing kind of things and you know went way up to the top of the competition because their dogs were so brilliant. 
Gene Hill made this wonderful remark, whoever said you can't buy happiness forgot little puppies. And I'm inclined to agree. Love that quote. But dogs like people have to have someone who knows how to teach them. And many of us just don't know quite how to go about it. But don't let that keep you from enjoying a dog's company because there's help. And we're going to talk to that person today. Uh, in the process of learning how to take care of your dog and train your dog, you're going to learn a lot about yourself and you're going to learn a lot about how to deal with other people, not just dogs. Camilla Gray Nelson is known as the Dog Talk Diva and is the author of Lipstick and the Leash, A Woman's Guide to Getting What You Want from Your Dog and Your Life. And when you see the cover, just seeing the cover alone, you're going to have to get this book. Camilla specializes in dog training, especially for women, but men, you can learn from it as well, so don't, don't leave the program. Stay tuned. Camilla grew up on a dairy farm in Petaluma, California, and now with Camilla at the helm, the family farm has transformed into Dairy Dell Canine, Northern California's fastest growing, get this, doggy dude ranch and training center. I'm sorry, but I get the image of dogs on top of horses learning to ride. And I know that's not where she's going with this. Using her natural dairy dell method, Camilla and her staff have trained more than 9,000 dogs and owners from all over the United States. Camilla has a bachelor's degree in science from California State Polytechnic and holds professional memberships in the International Association of Canine Professionals and National Association of Dog Obedience Instructors. It is such an absolute delight to welcome to the show Camilla Gray Nelson. Camilla, welcome. Thank you so much, Irene. I've been looking forward to this interview for so long because it's not just about dogs. I love no, it's subject. about dogs and people. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, but you were very instrumental in my becoming a dog owner, and we don't need to go into that yet. Tell us about yourself and how you came to work with dogs. Oh, well, where do I begin? Um, as a child, I grew up on a farm. I think you alluded to that already. I grew up out in the country, far away from suburbia. So all of my friends had four legs, <laughs> and they did not speak English. They spoke their own animal language, which was nonverbal and very much um, body language oriented. So I learned to communicate with my friends so we could develop our friendships. And that really was the most instrumental part of my background, which got me to where I am today. Did you have dogs as a child? I, farms always have dogs, but oh, did yeah. you have your own? We had we had we had dogs. Um, we had everything. We had dogs and cats and horses and sheep and cows, and they all speak the same basic language, you know. Yeah, they do. Mm -hmm. Did you hear about the study they did with the MRI? I don't know whether you were on yet when I was talking about it. No, I was not on. Uh, it was talked about last night on ABC News. They studied a dog's brain. They taught the dog to be still enough. If you can imagine that, some people can't be still enough. And they learned how tremendous the dog's ability to learn language is. But it's not just 
verbal. It's more body language, more sign language. Very oh, interesting. They're so know. much more perceptive than we as humans because as humans, we sort of atrophied that part of our of our brain, the reading of body language, because we have language. And it yeah, makes it language. easy to, it's kind of like a crutch. Um, but we do speak in a body language ourselves, and dogs read it. The problem is, we usually don't realize what we're saying. <laughs> oh, I know, and, and they get it. They get Tell it. us about Dairy Dell. What's a doggy dude ranch? Well, I do live on my family's 120-acre farm, not the one I grew up on, but close by. And when I inherited the ranch, I did not want to milk cows like my family had done yeah. for years and years. So I, I grew converted. up on a farm too. I know what you're you talking understand. about. <laughs> it's not at all. It's romantic when you when you haven't done it. It's not romantic when you have to get up at especially two it, uh, in the dark in the winter. Yeah. So I converted the farm from cows to canines, and I originally started my first board and train in my family's old dairy barn milking parlor, converted it, turned the stanchions uh, into beautiful, four beautiful rooms, and um, the holding corral became the play yard, and it was quite something. And that's how I used the uh, the farm to my advantage. So... You've been doing this for a while now. What gave you the idea to write a dog training book for women? 24 years and counting, yes, a little while. And most of those years, the majority, well, all of those years, the majority of my clients were women, and certain patterns emerged. And the pattern that emerged was women could train the dog, but they couldn't get the dog to listen and respect and obey them when it counted. Because, you know, training and obedience are two totally different things. <laughs> yes, I'm learning that. Totally different things. And if you have a new puppy, you're learning that now. Yes. Training, training is cognitive. They learn what the meaning of sit is, the meaning of down. But obedience is who are you going to mind? Who, who are you going to take seriously? Do, uh, is your dog going to do what you ask them to do when they don't want to or they have something better to do? That, my friends, is about power, not about knowledge. Absolutely. Now, you say in your book that dogs defer to size and strength while they're sorting out who they're going to follow, who they're going to listen to, who they're going to obey. Your premise is that women are naturally lacking in size and strength, and so you know, the dog's going to follow the male. Can this lack of maleness be a reason we're not taking seriously, or is it other things? You know, I kind of thought we were over that thing and that women had stepped into more of their power. You know, we're never over being the human animal. No. Are we? No, we're not. We are animals first and humans second. And... And I'm just saying that from my life of observation of, of women with their dogs that I take in my observational personality to, to look at other things and all the corollaries. Women start out at, a, at an instinctive disadvantage, let's put it that way, not only with their dog, but I think in general, because all social mammals, not just the dogs, but the cows, the horses, 
and humans uh. as a species, I think, are at, to one degree or another dom- male-dominated. But, but keep in mind, that has very practical biological reasons Animals and, yeah, aren't political. Comes down partly Animals to aren't political. That, yeah, and all of those things that yeah. we do as women, yeah. and that men don't necessarily do. All those, you know, the the roles are getting a little more blurred now. But our instincts, our, our feelings, our gut go to reactions are very. They're hardwired, I think, by nature herself. So, my point in the book. Focusing in this particular book, I focus on women and dogs, and make no make no bones about the pardon the pun about the corollaries to life. Right. But, but but my point is, even though we start out at that immediate disadvantage where the dog goes, wait a minute, you're a girl. Why should I listen to you? There are ways that you can learn from Mother Nature herself about how to gain the respect and take control and affect change, not only in your dog but in others, if you just know more about nature and Mother Nature herself, primarily the fact that the leaders in the animal world, now tell me when I say this if you don't see corollaries between animals and the four-legged animals and the two-legged humans, leaders in the animal world are not blustering bullies. They are the calm, focused, purpose-driven members of the group. Oh, I couldn't agree with you more. And on that note, I'd like to take us to break so we can come back and talk a little bit more about it in length. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Camilla Gray-Nelson, saying stay tuned. We're going to be right back with how women can train dogs and others. Find out what's happening on the World Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at World Talk Radio. Are you looking to improve your personal or professional branding? What about your business? We've got a program that will help streamline your image management. Tune in to Marketing Matters, hosted by Yasmeen Anderson-Smith. Your business and public image is important to your customers' perceptions. And in this day and age, how you market yourself or your company can make the difference between running a successful business and shutting it down. Marketing Matters can be heard every Wednesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on World Talk Radio Variety. Hey, did you know Voice America has partnered with the Kidstar Network to expand their reach through Voice America Kids? Voice America Kids will feature talk radio for kids, by kids, along with special event programming and live broadcasts. Each program is conveniently archived for on-demand listening at any time. Please check our archives for the latest events and happenings on voiceamericakids.com. Listen. Listen. The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. You are tuned in to the Self Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. 
Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to the Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Camilla Gray-Nelson, the dog talk diva. We were talking about um, some of the problems that women have um, are not just women, but people have when they don't know how to stay in their power. Um, Reiterate a little, Camilla, you were saying about blustery, pushy people. (laughs) Right. The the common mistake that women and men make is thinking that to, to gain respect and to increase power, they need to increase the volume of their voice and their intimidation factor and the machismo factor, when such is absolutely not the case in nature itself. In nature, the the top animals in any social group are not the blustering bullies. Those are the ones that lack self-confidence, and they're overcompensating by that behavior. True leaders are like Arthur Fonzarelli. <laughs> uh, yeah. They saunter, they don't run. Right. They focus. They are purpose-driven. They are purposeful. They set boundaries and expectations, and then they are not afraid to calmly enforce them. It's all about that. And I think, it, you know, if you're involved in any groups or you work in a, a corporation or well, almost anywhere you go, you can pick out the people who are the leaders by this one thing, that they're calm, they're focused, and they listen. Yes. They're not always the talker. Oh, no. I can pick a leader in any group of animals. It's the one standing there watching. Yes. Which is their version of listening. What do you think are women's biggest challengers with her dog and her biggest mistakes? I think we touched on them already. Their biggest challenge is, from the get-go, they're not seen as big, strong, and powerful because we are physically more diminutive than our male counterparts. Her biggest mistake, a couple of them, getting frustrated when the dog does not respect them. Obviously, that sets her off on a failure path. And the other is women tend to be pleasaholics. Oh, tell me. Pleasaholics. Now, that culturally, we are raised to equate accommodation with displays of love, right? We accommodate. Right. Yeah. Now, in the animal world, in the pure animal world, the dog that accommodates another, the horse that gets out of the way for the other, gives up the hay, those are the subordinate animals, not the dominant ones. I'm not saying not to accommodate, but women over-accommodate. They do not set any boundaries, especially on their dogs. Sometimes they have problems doing that with their kids, and you all see the result. Oh, yeah. But it's even, it's even worse with the dogs. They, they just don't. And what it is is, I, as I probe, 
It's because they want their dog to love them. And they're afraid that if they set rules and enforce boundaries, the dog won't love them. Oh, well, that that sounds very um, familiar (laughs) with what women do with their families, with their husbands and their children. I have a sidebar in Lipstick and the Leash. Um, The title of it is To Be Loved or To Lead, you know. Do you have to make a choice? And, 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 And the irony is speaking with dogs or with humans, the irony is both of those animals, human or dog, are disdainful of ultra-accommodation. They're disdainful of signs of weakness as an instinctive reaction. The irony is, to be loved, you must first be strong. Absolutely. How can you teach... Well, let me ask you this question first. Who's harder to train, the dog or the human? You know the answer to that, I mean. <laughs> Was that a rhetorical question? I had to ask, Camilla. <laughs> of course it's the human. The dogs are just dogs. They're perfect in their way. They are who they are. They cannot become human, so we must become more like dogs in our thinking. So the human, teaching the human to think like a dog, speak to those instinctive receptors, is, it, honestly, it is, it is teaching them an entirely new language. I teach them DSL, dog as a second language. <laughs> oh, I love it. So let's give let's let's do a scenario. We can use me. I got a puppy. Of course I'd already read your book. I had an advantage. <laughs> I got a puppy and oh, this is the cutest little thing I've ever seen and I just wanted to cuddle and love him and, you know, play with him and do all these things. Let's say I took this too far and he looked at me and said, just who do you think you are? I'm not going to sit, stay, or come. What do you do then to undo, or what can I do to undo that? Now, Smarty's doing pretty well with most of those things, but you know, he's not perfect in it. But what do you do to undo what you've already done? It's actually not as difficult as you might think. One thing is to remember that freedom is status. Freedom is status. And again, that is true in animals and in humans. Freedom is status, meaning if you restrict some of your dog's freedoms that he has had heretofore, you start reducing his status um, at the same time. For example... If you let your dog roam all over the house when you're home, that's ultimate freedom in the house, isn't it? Freedom to go where, where he wants to go, when he wants to I, go there. I wouldn't dare. Keeping your dog on a leash in the house until the, he learns not to leave the room you are in is step number one. When he's in the room you are in, Make sure he's not free to chew on anything he wants or hop up on any chair he wants, for example. Restricting the dog's freedom. When you leave the house, crate the dog or the puppy. Don't let them have full reign of the house because there you're saying you are in charge of the house. 
So you you have to give a, a consistent message to the dog of what their role is in your family, and it cannot be the crown prince. <laughs> oh, no. Because, because dogs will instinctively now, instinctively, dogs follow power. They ignore weakness. That's a simple fact of survival in terms of nature's animals, right? Right. Now, when you think about humans, I love this corollary. Have you ever worked for someone that you felt was unqualified for their job? Oh, absolutely. Have you ever worked for someone that you thought you had more experience than they did? Yeah. Do you remember how darn difficult it was to take orders from that person? Oh, it was almost impossible. It is impossible because our animal nature says obey strength and status and ignore weakness and subordinates. That's just how we, how we roll. And that really applies to our children as well. Oh, my oh, wow. Don't, it, that's what this show is all about. It's those corollaries. Honestly, when a woman, specifically, a woman learns how to cleverly and effectively get what she wants from her dog because she has achieved this wonderful, quiet, queenly image, and how to use praise and feedback and, and reward and consequence cleverly and get what she wants from her dog, she has now learned how to get whatever she wants from the two-legged animals in her life as well, whether they're children, friends, partners, husbands, co-workers, or employees. It applies across the board. Across the it's, board. This is self-improvement at its best. Because it's nature's way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wonderful stuff. It's profound. It's just profound. It, it, it is profound. And, you know, do women get it? Do they understand it? Or as soon as they leave, put your book down or leave the room, do, does it all go out the window? Because here's this sweet little thing chewing up her shoe, and it's just so cute. If. They do get it. And some are more motivated to to. to use what they cognitively now are understanding and put it into practice than others. But isn't that life, you know? That but they is do life. get it. And doesn't the animal seem much happier, much more content when he or you know, she, mine's a yes. he, but yes. when they know that they're safe because this person is really in charge? Again, going back to that basic animal model of, of, of the social group, with all of its roles and responsibilities, the leader, the middle management, the, you know, the, the, the mailroom, if you speak. Right. The reason that exists is because it's efficient and it's safe and it's part of the survival quotient for the animal. Unless a dog feels an understanding of, of how their group is organized, Who's driving and what's their seat assignment? And unless they know that, their instinct is to be uneasy because their instinct says, I don't know why I'm uneasy here, but I, I don't feel safe. I don't feel safe. And they don't feel safe because they don't have a clear leader. They don't know their role 
in the organization, so to speak. Exactly. And they're not sure that their organization is efficient enough to survive. You see it with children all the time. All the time. And we all need that. If you go into a new workplace and you don't know what it is you're supposed to do or who can clearly tell you that, you you really are at a loss. And we've all been in that. Yeah, in life than uncertainty. You had an interesting mentor growing up, and I want to talk (laughs) about this when we come back from break. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Camilla Gray Nelson, saying stay tuned because you really want to hear about Piggy the Cow. Find out what's happening on the World Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword World Talk Radio. World Talk Radio presents a new kind of health awareness talk show, the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. Show host Sharon Kleina interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world. Every show offers new information that could save your life. The Sharon Kleina Hour is health from an environmental perspective, your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle. Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Step up to the microphone. View the finalists right now on VoiceAmericaKids.tv. America's next great star is waiting to be discovered. Step up to the microphone is an exclusive presentation for VoiceAmerica.tv, where you can see and hear America's next top child star. The program is hosted by Voice America's own Cassie Frazier, and new episodes will be available every week exclusively at VoiceAmericaKids.tv. You can say you saw them at the beginning of their superstar career. Tune in to VoiceAmericaKids.tv. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. You are tuned in to The Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to The Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to The Self-Improvement Show. My guest today is Camilla Gray Nelson, and we've been talking about how to train your dog and learn how to deal with everyone around you in a powerful, meaningful, productive way. Before the break, we were talking about how to, how to use your power as a woman in training dogs and working with others. And I want you to hear about Camilla's mentor growing up because it is a priceless story and one I think you can all benefit from. Camilla, tell us about Piggy the Cow. (laughs) Piggy the Cow was probably my most important mentor growing up. The one who taught me everything about the true nature of power and influence as a woman. <laughs> Love it. Piggy the Cow was one of my father's jerseys in our dairy herd. I grew up on a dairy farm here in California. And Piggy 
was my friend. Piggy was the calmest cow in our herd. She let me brush her, spend time with her, haul to her, even ride her. And I, my father wouldn't buy me a pony, so I had to ride cows. Okay, so Piggy was my mount. And I didn't realize until later on in my life, when Piggy was long gone, just a memory, what she actually taught me. Because Piggy would, she was the undisputed queen of the herd. She at feeding time, all the other heifers would run and crowd around the hay as the ranch hands threw the hay into the trough. Piggy would not run. She sauntered. And as she grew close to the hay, the other girls would scatter like the Red Sea, making way for most yeah. <laughs> you know. And if they lingered, the new girl on the block, you know, she, Piggy would not fight. She would just stand there give them her eye, you know, lower her shoulder, give a low throaty moo and a carefully placed bump, sent one or two of them flying, and she would just proceed and eat her fill. That was Piggy's modus operandi. Don't fight, don't argue, just stay focused and get your way. And it worked for her, and that's my model of power. Stay calm, stay focused, be purpose-driven about what you want, and quietly get your way. You brought up a really good point, I think, in working with animals, especially dogs, and with people, is to know what you want. Do most people know what they want when they start raising dogs, when they start raising children? And we all think we're going to have these perfect children. I was not going to have terrible twos, but we did. Um, you know, do people know what they want their dog to do? Do, they, do you think they know what they want their children to do? I think that I think you hit the nail on the head. Again, the most profound things in life are the simplest. There's a wonderful quote in my book from Ben Stein. It says. The first step to getting what you want in life is deciding what you want. Exactly. You know, we have children, and we know we want those children to love us, and we want them to be successful, and we want them to make good grades in school. But that's really not where it is. But you, what, the real goal is what do you want from them? Yeah. So it's not about what you want for yourself. It's what you no. want from them. When, and when people come to me with dog problems... I find a great discordance in the family and a confusion about, is it okay for the dogs to come in the kitchen or not? Is it okay for the dogs to be on the sofa or not? Where's the dog going to sleep at night? And, and when we walk the dog, is it okay for the dog to pull or not pull? Decide. Because you, you cannot move forward with enforcement and setting of boundaries until you decide where the boundary is. Exactly. Let's talk a little bit about boundaries. You know, how do you set a boundary with a puppy? How do you set a boundary with a child? How do you set a boundary with a teenager? Are they the same? I would say, theoretically at least, they are exactly the same. Um, with a puppy, let's say uh, a physical boundary would be, don't leave the room I'm in, right? That's going right. to be your physical boundary. It's easy enough to put a long line on that puppy's collar, and every time he goes towards the door, give a little halty bump and say, oh, no, don't go there. That's your boundary. I don't allow you to leave the room. 
I love that phrase, by the way. I don't allow it, darling. That is the mark of a leader. A leader in nature nature is determined by the ability to disallow behaviors in others. The ability, in other words, to set boundaries for others. That is... The top dog does not get there by fighting. That is such a myth. The top dog gets there by just the ability, proven ability by doing it, to say, I don't allow that to any other dog he chooses. I don't allow you to jump on me. I don't allow you to take my food. I don't allow you to go through the door ahead of me. I don't allow you to walk ahead of me or run ahead of me as we're going to catch that Frisbee. It's what you don't allow. People are so afraid to say, I don't allow that, that they hamstring, then they shoot themselves in the foot when it comes to power because they're so afraid of not being liked. Yeah, and, and when they're that afraid of not being liked and there are no boundaries, they probably are not going to be liked. Then that's the Certainly irony. Certainly not respected. Yes. I remember, I think I write about it, too, about my um, teachers in high school, you know, and my English teacher being very strict, and, and we, but we all really respected her. And next door, we could hear the chaos coming from the other English teacher's class who set no boundaries. The problem was, the sad part was, no one in that school respected that other teacher and they made jokes about her, pointed their fingers at her, made fun of her. It was really, um, it was really horrible. But she brought it on herself. She set no boundaries. No boundaries. Well, let's say that you get an unruly dog or an unruly child, an unruly teenager, somebody who just you know, won't listen to instructions, won't do what they're told. How do you go about, in dogland, correcting that? I love option A, option B. Meaning, you set, set out the options. Do it this way, which is the way you, you know, that you're going to prefer. And you're going to load that option with rewards fit for a king. Right? Right. Or, Option B, these are the consequences that might happen, you know, nothing horrible or painful, but it's not, it's not going to be as fun. And then step back and say, you choose. I'm okay, does the dog understand that? You put, how, do you, how do you offer two options to a dog? By the time I you finish option A with all its wonderful stuff, <laughs> they pretty well decided, but do they see the option? Does a oh, dog understand that? Oh, yeah, because a dog, what a dog really wants to do, is driven to do, often is not what I want them to do. You know, they're following right. their dog instincts. I want to chase that cat, okay? And so there's always opportunities for, and many times you, you lay out the options in the opposite order. The dog starts to do something you don't like. You connect the consequence with that. The moment they stop, you bring in the option A benefits. You see? That way you've answered, you've let them try something. You didn't approve of it. You say, I don't allow that, darling. And if they continue, there's a consequence. But the moment they stop, you're not, now this is 
this is key too, both with people and with dogs. The moment they stop, don't keep ragging on them. Oh, yes. Don't keep ragging on them. I told you not. Acknowledge the fact that they made that effort to stop and then go, fantastic, that's what I wanted. Great job. Then, in real time, the animal in all of us goes, hmm, okay, I see the difference here, and I choose A. Now, what comes up here is that you can't leave puppies, dogs, children, employees alone. You have to be aware and you have to put out some energy to make this happen. You can't just say, I want you to learn to sit and then never say it again. No, no. Life happens in real time and decisions are made in real time. And life is, is the compilation of every decision we make in every minute of the day. Dogs need managers. You know, dogs were designed by nature to live in a social group, not just for survival, but for supervision. And all social animals need that constant organizational chart in play, put into play each day. They need a supervisor. They need a manager. Yes. Mm-hmm. We and, all need that while we're, yes. while we're learning, while we're growing up. Mm-hmm. You know, when we go into a new line of work, when, you know, when we have new experiences to, have, to gain, we all need somebody to teach us. And haven't we all had somebody who says, um, here's the stuff figured out? Right, right. That's too stressful. But yeah. one thing I learned in, in managing my own business um, with you know, about 20 employees, I am very aware when I have let criticism or, or consequence overtake my praise. When I work with a dog, you see, I must keep my positive reinforcement and my praise outweighing the criticism to keep the dog's attitude up. You see, if a dog feels like there's more criticism than there is praise, what's the point? They get depressed. They shut off. And when you work with people, especially employees. Oh, and I was thinking especially teenagers. And teenagers, yes. It's so easy to forget to praise, to acknowledge. We're so focused on finding the things that aren't right. And I have to just, I have to check on myself too in my management style. I've, I've got to constantly say, oh, yeah, that was a really good job there. So what I do is on every paycheck, I write a personal note. On, oh, how lovely. On a personal note about something in particular I appreciate, I like, I want to acknowledge about that employee. What a wonderful idea. It is gold. It's golden. And, and it's on heartfelt. that golden note... We're going to go to break. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Camilla Gray Nelson, saying stay tuned. Because when we come back, you're going to learn how to get this magic book and all the other things that she has to offer you. 
We're making it easier to listen to the World Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Hi, this is Rochelle and Jeff from Travel Hub Radio with another Travel Hub tip. You're late for your flight and there is a long line at the security checkpoint. What can you do as a traveler to improve time and efficiency and make your flight quickly? One idea is to take everything out of your pockets, such as sunglasses, cell phones, PDAs, pagers, and other metal and electronic objects. Put them in an easily accessible pocket on your carry-on luggage. If security asks you to display or operate these items, they're right there. Plus, you won't hold up the line when you have to do the walk. A metal belt buckle or a wristwatch is usually not a problem, but be aware of them and ready to remove them quickly if needed. Wear comfortable shoes that can be quickly slipped off and on if you are asked to remove them. Most of all, if the security personnel give you specific directions or ask you a question, don't argue. Just comply and cooperate. It's not personal. They're just doing their job. For traveling tips and much more, make sure you tune into Travel Hub Radio or listen to the show archives and podcast right here on World Talk Radio and at TravelHubRadio.com. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel, where the world comes to listen and talk. are tuned in to the self-improvement show with your host dr irene conlon got a question for irene or her guests call into our live show at 1-866-613-1612 that's 1-866-613-1612 connect with irene via email our address is the self-improvement blog at gmail.com now let's get back to the self-improvement show here again is dr irene conlon Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene with my guest, Camilla Gray-Nelson, talking about her amazing and wonderful book, Lipstick and the Leash, a book that you can use to help train your dog to learn so much about yourself and how to deal with other people. Camilla, tell people how to get your book and what else you have going. Well, the book is available, obviously, um, at your local bookstores. It's also available at lipstickandtheleash.com as well as on amazon.com. Um, I also have a fabulous reader's guide for book clubs that want to um, feature Lipstick and the Leash for one of their month's reading selections. The book reader's guide really helps the readers focus on these corollary applications outside dog training, and you can request that via the lipstickandtheleash.com. There's also a dog training blog at my dogtalkdiva.com blog, and there I have lengthy blog posts that are full of meaty information about the things we've talked about and much, much more, usually with a woman's focus about all the challenges we face as busy women and moms, raising a dog and keeping it all together. That's really fun as well. And if you go to YouTube and put in Camilla Gray Nelson or Dog Talk Diva, you can find some really great videos there's one on the self-improvement blog today um they're really good so you know be sure you get to see that now it doesn't matter if you don't have a dog if you have a cat that's fine or gerbils or mm, i was about to say snakes maybe not 
Um, you can get a lot out of this book. I sat down and read it straight through because I couldn't put it down. It's got so many good things, and it's written with such a wonderful humor. Uh, what about your website? Where's your website? Website is uh, dogtalkdiva.com. I also have a website for my brick-and-mortar dog training facility, and that's dairydale.com. I run a dairy, the Dairydale Canine Doggy Dude Ranch and Training Center here in California, and there's lots of more information there. I've also got a store, dogtalkstore.com, that makes available many training uh, accoutrements, if you will. That oh, help the women. can with the pennies or whatever yes, you put in you it is the most those. wonderful thing in the world. And I, I made my own. Did you? I sell it in a kit form with an instruction booklet. Oh, wonderful. It's fabulous. Fabulous. It's a whole fabulous idea. Now, you know, we're, we're really, we're just burning right through the time here. There's one chapter that... I think everybody should read, and that's a chapter on a woman's kryptonite. Uh, we've talked a little bit about some of the things, but tell us about woman's kryptonite. Well, just as kryptonite, the mystical element that rendered Superman powerless, we women have our own version of kryptonite that renders us powerless as well. Three elements make up women's kryptonite, and we've talked about a couple of them. Emotional extremes, accommodation. There's also a section on fidgeting, which I won't go into now, but the book is very good about explaining that. But these elements, the reason they are kryptonite is that they do send that nonverbal message of weakness to any other animal with whom we are communicating, whether it's a human being or or a four-legged animal. And it's a really, really insightful chapter. You will never look at yourself the same way again once you read the chapter on a woman's kryptonite. No, and you'll be much more aware of your own behavior um, when you begin to show some of those patterns. You'll, you'll be aware of it. You give advice in the book about managing difficult dogs, um, as you say, dogs that are not looking to be led, thank you very much. Uh, you describe how you learned some important training secrets from your mom in an unlikely way. Tell us a little bit about how she trained your dad. I love that chapter. It was an homage to my mom and to my dad. My mother never trained a dog in her life, and yet I learned more about managing and affecting change in difficult dogs from my mom than I did from any dog training seminar or book. The reason is she knew how to get what she wanted from my father, who was a wonderful, fabulous, fun man, but he was one tough puppy. He was smart and successful and handsome and was raised an only child. Do I need to say more? No, I got it. So, so she knew what smart women learn, and that is you do not come at an issue head on. When I work with a difficult dog, I do not get into an argument. I come from the side. I use much praise and adulation when they even give me the remote a little bit 
of cooperation. And I, when I correct that dog, I don't do it in public. I don't do it in front of his friends. My mother would never argue with my father in front of his friends. How demeaning, how emasculating would that be? He appreciated that. She saved those discussions for a more private time, not even in front of us children. It was always behind a closed door. And when we work with a difficult dog, we must respect that dog's ego and not be in a rush and yet come from the side and then eventually that dog will think this new behavior is his idea. And the same with children, and I'm thinking especially with teens. Because we are animals first. We are humans second. And have you had situations that you couldn't turn around with this? You cannot train out instinct, let's put it that way. Primarily, the thing that comes to mind mostly is biting. You know, dogs will either be biters or they won't be biters. Um, They either have an instinct to run away from threat or go towards it and neutralize it. That's an instinctive thing. It's not a training thing. So you cannot, you cannot make a, a dog that has bitten a human being, let's say, into a dog that's totally safe. They are who they are. So, so I think the humility, if you will, to understand your limitations as a dog trainer, in the face of nature's power and majesty, you have to really keep it all in perspective. You can make changes and tweaks, but you cannot uh, make a silk purse out of a sow's ear, as they say. So there are times (laughs) that you have to say, you know, this isn't working, but still in all, you probably have brought that animal to a place that he can be much more manageable. Absolutely, and that's the way you look at it, too. Most of the time, your success is over the moon. Only in rare occasions do you have to modify your expectations. Rare occasions. but they Rare do. occasions. Yeah. We're right up, I'm sad to say, to the end of the show, we could do a lot more that we just don't have time for. What are the final thoughts you'd like to leave with our, our listeners today? Give your dogs less freedom and more rules. Set your boundaries with love and a smile, but set them. Follow through on every request you make. Stop yelling and start controlling. And most of all, your serenity is your power. Oh, Camilla, that's such wonderful advice for dogs and for people. (laughs) If we do that with our children, how much progress would we make? Next week's guest is Robin Marvel, who growing up was in a highly abusive family and saw what she did not want her life to be like. Now she's a sought-after author and motivational speaker, and she'll tell her story and what she has that she can offer you as well. So, you know, come back again next week. Camilla, 
Thank you so much for being with us. Oh, it was my absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me, and I hope I can come back with my next book. Oh, I'm looking forward to it. (laughs) Consider yourself invited. When's that book coming out? I don't know. I haven't even started it yet. Oh, okay. Well, it might be a while, but we'll look forward to it. Now it's time to say goodbye from Irene Conlon and Camilla Gray Nelson saying come back again next week for more on the Self-Improvement Show. Thank you again for joining Dr. Irene Conlon for the Self-Improvement Show. Please listen again next Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Remember that improvement out there starts in here. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com.